following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Talking Cowboys Tuesday here from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Offseason Talking Cowboys. We've got plenty to hit over the next hour of your time. We appreciate you being with us, but we're going to treat you to some schedule release news. First time that... We've had a show since the schedule has hit the open market. We've also got Rookie Minicamp in the rearview mirror, and we will take a look ahead to OTAs as well. As always, joined by Chris Beam in the studio, we've got Isaiah Stanback. We've got Heckma Harrison. No Rob Phillips today. He's uh, interviewing some big wig, some some quarterback who wears the number four and plays for some team. He's doing something along the way. But uh, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. No Rob today, unfortunately. Isaiah, you sat down. You said, I'm not Rob, but you've got his chair today. I'm our suntan Rob. That's what I am today. Is suntan. that what it is? <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little darker. A little extra sun. A little darker. A little vitamin D Rob. <laughs> vitamin D Rob over here. Don't mind me. Just think if, if Rob woke up one day and he was you. <laughs> like a little Dicky song. Friday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a little Dicky song. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I woke up in Isaiah's That's body. It. That's a remix, baby. Oh, remix. my gosh. Rob P. would never give it back. Yeah, Rob P. Island would have, will have spent way too much time on Rob P. Island. Let's say that too much. We're going to take the whole show off the rails with this, guy. It's Don't the offseason. It. There's nothing off the table when it comes to offseason. <laughs> Heckman, how are you doing? I'm good. Man, I needed a I needed that in the back. I needed the Mario Brothers, man. The Mario Dang. Brothers coin. Chris is probably laughing, too. He probably there fell out is. of his chair. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, pulling double duty, obviously, when the when the schedule release came out. Uh, I'm talking about you pulling double duty, being excited about the schedule release, and also calling softball at yeah. the same time. Yeah. I know you and I were on a softball call at for ESPN and the oh, Conference USA Championships, oh. and we were just sitting there. We were both on our phones, like looking at the looking at the schedule and what was it, okay. what was going on. So it was double duty. Luckily, no double duty today. We can give you the full rundown of the schedule. Let's start with the Beautiful. first five games okay. because in those first five games, you face three teams that have been to the Super Bowl in the last two years. Mm. Tampa Bay to week one opened things out against the Buccaneers Sunday Night Football on NBC, followed by the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and company come to town. Jamar Chase versus Trayvon Diggs. That will be fun. Of course, those two had their fair share of battles in college ball. Then you go on the road to face the Giants for Monday Night Football, back home against Washington, and then back on the road against the Rams. Three home games in the first five, but two of those three against Super Bowl teams from the last two years. You've got two the last two Super Bowl champions in town. Isaiah, when you first looked at the schedule and the start that the Cowboys are faced up against, what were your thoughts? Somebody doesn't like the Cowboys. <laughs> They're trying to get them. Yep, that's that's get what them you thought. That's what I thought. It, even with this second easiest schedule uh, Man, jargon about, you know, about people. 31st. 
I don't give a dog on about all that. Listen here, you got Tampa. I know we said first five games, but yeah. the first six games is really the the threat. Okay. Okay. You got Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know what they are. Okay. You got dog on Bengals who just went to the Super Bowl, and by the way, they just got better this offseason substantially sure. up front. Okay, where they were weak at. Um, then obviously you got New York and Washington. Okay, cool. Those are always going to be you know competitive games. But then you got LA, and then you got a Philly that's revamped, and they're they're shooting their shot this year. So four of those six games, I feel like, are going to be. Pretty doggone tough. Pretty doggone tough. Right. Two, obvious for three of them, obviously because they all been to the show here in the past few years. And then obviously you got Philly, and we we know that they've revamped and that they're they're pretty much taking a shot directly at the Cowboys, trying to trying to get them where they're weak at in terms of loading up this offseason. So four of those six are going to be rough, man. I mean, obviously we have a long way to go. All that kind of jazz. We got OTAs. We got we got mini camps. We got regular camp. We got preseason. Get ready. Come on. Yeah, we got ready. all that jazz, okay? <laughs> However, these there are there are three out of those six teams that are arguably there's no question no matter what team you go against, all right? But no, no what team you ask, you know that those guys can play ball. So Bucks, Bengals and Rams. Absolutely. Off top. Off top. Yeah. And then the other three are divisional opponents, too. Yeah, it's always going to be competitive. Love that. It's always going to be competitive. So one of the weird things that I do at the end of every season, because that's when they start releasing, not the schedule, but the teams, your opponents for the next season, home and away. Mm-hmm. I start, I go by, you know, uh, least amount of wins all the way down to the win. So you start with mm-hmm. the Jacksonvilles, Detroits, and go all the way down. And I started to see, started to say, tell myself, all right, so I can see where you can say, well, this is an easy schedule. Uh, but obviously things change from year to year. But once the schedule was released and the way that they kind of scrambled and put this together, I think your opportunities, like you just said, are in those first six games. Three of them NFC East opponents, as you just mentioned, but also teams that have been there. There's mm-hmm. a large opportunity for this team with all the offseason talk. Uh, all the things that they've said about the team, the the players that you've needed to replace, that game versus Tampa could be the measuring stick for your season simply because in those first six games, you have the Bucs and the Rams, and beating those two teams may set you up for NFC seeding. So although the season hadn't started yet, and the way that we are starting to look at the season at playoffs, hey, it's not a you can't do a a, a one and done, right? Yeah. You got to go far uh, in this league, and seeding in the NFC is going to be important right there with those first six games. So I don't want to say must win already sitting here and uh, yeah. sitting here in May, but that's as close to a must win as you possibly have. Yeah, at least early in the season and, and with yeah. an opener like that. And you saw it last year the the way that they played against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road when they were raising a banner. That set the tone for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Then you rattled off six straight. I don't think I don't know if you're going to see that again this year. There's probably a good chance that that does not happen. However. There is a measuring stick, and it's that first six games I keep looking at. And and, and I, I was looking at first five, but you threw in Philadelphia on a Sunday night football there in October. That's certainly a big game as well. It, you could go through those six games and finish two and two and four. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance you go two and four, maybe even uh, a, a three and three if you get lucky. If you end up going four and two, and you somehow work through that, and you're above 500 – you're feeling really good about the rest of your schedule. Yes. Feel really good about not only in the division, but in your seeding for the NFC, in your benchmark test that we've talked about all last year. We didn't pass a single benchmark along the way. Mm-hmm. You lost almost every one of those games. If we want to maybe throw the Chargers early on, maybe, but I don't think that because they weren't a, a playoff team. 
That's the same thing for these games. Tampa Bay is a benchmark. Cincinnati, L.A. Then you don't have another one until you go on the road in Green Bay a little bit later on in the season. So those first six games are crucial to set the tone. And they're tough. These are not. I mean, these, these aren't easy. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't care what people say about the the easy versus hard wreck. I don't give a dog on. It's, it's last year. That is last year. Teams have loaded up since last year. Teams have added players through the draft. Teams have added players through free agency. Teams are not what they were last year. Let's just go ahead and lay that on the table. Okay, Tell so them. you can look at last year's stats and all that jazz all you want to. Coordinators have moved around. Head coaches have moved around. Personnel has moved around. These are totally different teams. So yes, there might be core members of teams that are still in place however there's new players there okay so it's, it's going to be a different look so tampa is tampa tb12 is back sorry everybody all right we're going to have a showdown again from last year mm-hmm. boom all right hopefully it goes it goes our way and then you got the dog on bingles okay these boys bought out last year somehow some way and and their win percentage probably brings the win percentage down for the cowboys a little bit because they were 10 and 7 as a division champion they were the four seed in the nfc or excuse me the afc and then they go on a run that Bengals team is not a 10-7 ball club Heck anymore. No. That's no. a team that's going to win 12, yeah. 13 games and they're if not they gonna stay give healthy. Up, and they're not going to give up 10 sacks a game. No. You know, with what they did with their offensive line this past year. And we knew that was their major weakness for them last year. So they addressed the areas that they were weak at. And they were weak at major weaknesses. And they still found a way to make it to the doggone Super Bowl. Yeah. Bow. So there you go with that. Giants, okay. Washington, okay. L.A., they just, I don't know how they got through their salary cap woes, but they did it. And, <laughs> they, and they bent the rules. They bent the rules. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they loaded up even more. Yeah. The thing for me is looking <laughs> is looking at the schedule and, and seeing where the Boo Eagles fall on our schedule. Because it's always about who we play before and who we play after because that's such a big NFC East <laughs> matchup for us. And you look at where they are. I mean, we play the Los Angeles Rams uh, before we go. Before you know, before Philadelphia, yeah, and then you look later on the schedule, and we have the Tennessee Titans after we play yep. the Philadelphia flip flops. Huh? I mean, and, and so those are the tough parts of your schedule. I mean, when you when you talk about you know what's going to be interesting, where are the tough patches, where can you be in trouble? Uh, we just know that those rivalry games, yeah. no matter what, uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough opponents. We're at home, then we're away. Uh, the travel is always a thing, as as we've had Mike McCarthy mention, being the, the Dallas Cowboys coach for his third season, getting used to that and the amount of primetime games uh, that we're going to play. Buckle up! I mean, get ready because this is a schedule that is going to that's going to have a lot of narratives, uh, and it's going to be very intriguing to see how this team competes talent wise with what we have on the schedule. And when I look at this schedule in terms of these first six games uh, specifically, mm-hmm. we were weak on the O-line last year, I feel. Right? Or, and we've, we've tried to address that, right? We still have some pieces that were still, that were still question marks. Yeah. We're still hopeful, all that jazz. Look at the defensive lines of these first six teams. Yeah. Tampa Bay, <laughs> nasty. <laughs> Cincinnati, <laughs> nasty. <laughs> New York beefed it up. Yep. They, they may, not, may not be there yet, but they beefed it yeah. up. Washington, nasty. Washington, nasty. L.A. nasty. Nasty. Philadelphia, super nasty. Yeah. Okay, so so yeah, no, I agree. we're going to get tested quickly. Yeah, you're yeah. going to figure out what your offensive you're line You're going to figure is. out your O-line quickly. So I know everybody's looking at the, the, the big picture, but in terms of how this team rolls, defense is going to do what they do. Okay, they Dan Quinn's going to do what he does. He has his personnel there. We're still going to have pieces we got to add in there. But those guys, for the most part, you know what you're going to get. Okay, you hopefully, you, hopefully you get those turnovers again. 
chances are you probably won't, but he's going to get pressure and, and make it difficult for offenses. Offensively, though, you have to find a way to move the ball on the ground, and it's going to be very difficult to do so against Ndamukong Sue. Or he's not there no more. But, uh, uh, Vita, Vita Vea. Okay, uh, who's, who's Cincinnati got on the front line? That's and so know. so I mean you know what I mean like these, no 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 to your point I think that's interesting uh, about the defenses mm-hmm. and that's why I say the two people that well starting with the one person that the most pressure is out on when I saw the schedule was Dak yeah I mean yeah you talk about these first six games this is this is it yeah. I mean this is and I'm saying Dak but I'm also throwing in there in like you know it's Dak's picture and then there's everybody else that's going down on yeah, that yes. it's it's one of those situations where offensively if you don't start off hot. And it doesn't even matter about the excuses that you have for guys coming back from injury. No, nobody wants to hear it. Nobody's going to want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And that's why the biggest responsibility is on Dak. I know that Tampa, a lot of teams aren't what they used to be. I mean, you just tried to mention someone from being, from the Bengals defense, and I don't think anyone thought of them in the, in the breath of being a doomsday yeah. defense. But once you get down to the commanders and we know who the Rams are, those matchups, Dak should be, Dak should be looking at this like a – these are opportunities for me. Yeah. And the other person I'm thinking about is Dan Quinn. Yeah. Dan Quinn is in his second season. And although he has elevated the, the, the defense, and we were looking at this, the mm-hmm. Cowboys are seventh in points allowed. It is the quintessential bend but don't break style of yeah. defense. But in his second season, I'm, I'm thinking that they are planning to play a whole nother style. Yeah. You can't depend on being a, a defense that's going to have the number one uh, turnovers or interceptions in the league. That's going to have to be another part of this. You saw last season where in the playoffs, we he could not stop the run. We're seeing all the interceptions from our cornerbacks, but also giving up a ton of yardage. Yep. Those are the things, no matter what you do, no matter where you rank, those are the things that's going to bring your defensive numbers down, going to bring your production down. You can add the, the bazooka. You can add Sam Williams. You can, you can have as many players as you like, but if you're giving up that kind of yard, you're not going to be successful. And the offenses that you go up against early yeah. are going to test you. you got to slow down the run, and you got to run the ball. That's Clear and simple, that's the easiest way to solve some of your problems is figure out a way to do both of those things. And to y'all's point uh, of talking about just how these these front sevens ha- at the, the first six games of the season are just next level, five of them, five of the six are in the top ten or were in the top ten last year in rushing yards allowed per game. Half of the top ten in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game are on your schedule in the first six weeks of the season. Tampa Bay... Cincinnati, L.A., Washington, Philly. You are going to have to run the ball in the first half of the season, or you may end up 2-4 and four going into That's the a nightmare. Detroit yeah, game in week, week seven. Situation. It really is. Let's talk about the next six games on the schedule as well. Detroit and Chicago, followed by the bye week, and then you take on the other NFC North opponents, Green Bay and Minnesota, both on the road, one in Lambeau, of course, the other one back in Minnesota. How many years in a row are we going to play the Vikings on the road? And we're going to hear the skull chants in our sleep. Uh, New York is that Thursday, or excuse me, is the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. game. So we'll we'll stop at the Thanksgiving game. Detroit, Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota, New York, a bye week sprinkled in between there. Heckman, when you looked at that side of the schedule, is that your rebound schedule where you, you're still facing decent teams, you're just not facing the upper echelon of the NFL like you do in the first six weeks? Yeah, and that's why I said like the first six, the hypotheticals there, two and four were nightmare for me. Uh, if you can split that at least, three and three or flip it, you know, I, yeah, I'm really I just, great. yeah, flip it, that's that's being on the, the positive side, but I think this is, this is the part in the middle of your season where you really can make some ground. But don't be mistaken, I mean, the Lions, 
their coach is going to have them primed and ready to go. Uh, we've seen teams go from being a basement-level team to putting together two first-round draft picks and then – do you think the Lions are that? I team? don't think that. Okay. I'm just, I just saying. Want to make sure. let's, let's, let's not underestimate wanna... them and, and say that. Oh, that's just automatic dub. I think the Bears are the same way. Yeah. Um, the Packers, obviously, for Mike McCarthy, uh, that's the game that I'm circling for Mike McCarthy because I know he wants to win that game, and I'm sure the team wants to win it for him. But I mean, to show Green Bay up that, in prime time, come on, they, Fox, that's got to be moved, right? They got to move that to. Uh, I don't know if they will. That's the game no of the chance. week. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think Fox lets that one go. Oh, I think that's Kevin Burkhardt and, or I guess who, who would he? Be that with game now? was announced before the the schedule was, so yeah. I'm assuming that's one of Fox's big one games. of their premier. Yeah, yeah, not letting that one go. Good point. Mm. Well, anyway, then you got Minnesota on the then back Minnesota, end. then Minnesota again, another team that I feel like we've we've done a really good yeah. job of of taking care of over the years. Uh, and the Giants on Thanksgiving. Uh, this is strange to say that we're playing the Giants on Thanksgiving. First time since 1992. And not the Manders. Hmm. Not the Commanders. No, no and Manders. Them like every other year on Thanksgiving. What do you think about this middle part of the schedule? When I look yeah. at it, I, I think all five of these games are winnable, I like, should be winnable. I like the middle part. I like, obviously, Detroit. You know, Regardless of what happens in that first six games, I think Detroit's obviously based upon what happened. Took place last year with the teams. Okay, you should be able to win Detroit. You should be able to win Chicago. You get a bye week at the best possible portion awesome. of your season. Fantastic, the best you could ever hope for. Right smack dab in the middle of your season. So that's awesome. Uh, then you then you need that bye week because you're about to face Green Bay in Minnesota. And Green Bay is Green Bay. A-Ron is out there. All right, He's making all 50 a year. He's ready to ball out. Okay, and he, They're getting him some help. So you always got to be, pre- be prepared for that. Obviously, we know how big of a game that is for McCarthy. But Minnesota is always dangerous to me. Minnesota's always dangerous to me. There's this, it's, Minnesota's never a team that I look past and be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. We, we should be straight. They're always, even with a new coach. Even with a new coach because, they're, yeah. because their, key piece, their key pieces are still there. Right, mm-hmm. their linebackers are still there. Their D line is still there for now. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, the quarterback still there. Right, receivers still there. I, mean, I just they, don't. They, fe- that's just I don't I, I fear hear them in that way. Uh, we yeah. played them a couple of times so far. You Dalvin Cook, I respect his speed and sure. what he does, mm-hmm. but I just think on the outside we we, we covered them pretty well. I, I agree you that beat we beat them last year with a backup quarterback. I, Cooper Rush beat them. Agreed. Dallas has done a great job against them, but personally, I just think that yeah, they yeah. have very. Good key players. Nah, they got key players. I like their front seven always. Front uh-huh. seven is always a threat. Their running game is always a threat, right? They have three of the best receivers in the league. They Those guys do a doggone good job. That's a solid tri- a trio that they have over okay. there. Um, so they're a threat uh, in my eyes. And then you got the Giants, all right? And, the, and, the, and ooh, we'll get to the next one here after that. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to it here in a second. Uh, I never played in the NFL. Shocker for those of you listening. Um how much does it play a factor in the, the the travel schedule? Right there in the middle of the season, you, you, you're at home against Detroit, you're at home against Chicago, you have the bye week, so you don't travel for an entire month. But then you go straight into Green Bay, Lambeau Field, in a high-vaulted matchup where your coach is making a return as after winning a Super Bowl there and yada, yada, yada. How much could laying off in, in the, the travel and not being in a rhythm in terms of that chunk of time does that affect you at all, or is that a non-factor whatsoever? No, it's a non-factor. I think Seattle has the worst, right? they got to travel, travel the most amount of miles. Uh, but as far as Dallas, I mean, that's the great thing about being in Dallas. You're centrally located. So, every, you know, you're not flying no more than three hours e- either direction. Okay. So I think that's that's perfectly fine. They need to be worried about that dog on cold, though, on November 13th in Green Bay. You think it'll be that cold up there? Shoot ya. 
It's not yeah. that bad. <laughs> Chris is the one on the sideline. No, no, seriously, he doesn't get really bad. I mean, bro, what, what's I'm, not that bad, I'm Chris? Up that direction. I mean, like in the thirties is gonna be nice. <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. No, for me. no hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You do realize that the the. Was NFC Championship game? It was like oh yeah, it was like zero teams, degrees. Right? It affected it affected the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it just didn't affect everybody. So, huh. yeah, I agree, I, and I I think that's probably closer to it. The the thirty degrees, maybe forty. I don't think you could really start whining until you get into the twenties about weather. Oh, I, I mean, really. I'm not complaining. About in Chicago, this, off the off the off the play, you played at UW. I played I in mean, New England. You played, yeah. You played in New England, <laughs> minus fourteen. Yeah, so okay. yeah, that's we're okay. All right, let's look at the final third of the season. By the way, it, we used to cut the schedule into quarters. Now it might be in the thirds with that eighteen game. It's just easier to look at along the way. But if you go four and two in your first quarter, then you go four and one in the second quarter. You're feeling pretty good, or third, I should say. But now we look at this final games or final six games. Indianapolis, the first game after Thanksgiving, so you have a long stretch. week. Yeah, uh, really good teams in the AFC, actually, with Indianapolis and Tennessee both being in the mix. But it's Indianapolis, followed by Houston, then Jacksonville on the road. First time the Cowboys have played in Jacksonville in quite some time. Then you have Philadelphia on Christmas Eve at home, Mm. which will be interesting. That game could be flexed to Christmas should things get down to the wire, and it always seems to get down to the wire with Philadelphia. So maybe that will be played on Christmas. And then the final two weeks of the regular season, you are on the road Thursday night, short week again, against Tennessee, and then you're at Washington at FedEx Field to end out the season. When you look at this, Heckma, the running game, you've got a, you've got a great test early in the season, <laughs> but should he be healthy, then you've got Jonathan Taylor December 4th against the Indianapolis Colts. Is that your second litmus test for the run defense? Yeah, I mean, it, it starts. We have a – even when it starts with Mixon and, and Leonard Fournette, we start off pretty rough too. Yeah. But you're right. This is uh, the Jonathan Taylor matchup, Henry. And let's not forget Gibson. I don't think we give Gibson enough credit for the commanders <laughs> yeah. either. Uh, but yeah, that, he stays healthy for sure. Yeah, it, I mean, that's just a stretch that we're, we're going to get an opportunity as our defense to – find out where we are in the running game. I felt like, man, we were so herky-jerky in the running game last season. We had those lights-out performances versus the ones where we gave up more, and we were penalized more as well. I mean, that was the other telltale sign for our defense, but you can't forget about uh, Jonathan Taylor. And I want to see how Indianapolis looks with Matt Ryan. What kind of what difference does Matt Ryan make in that offense versus Carson Wentz? And I'm so happy that Carson Wentz is with the Commanders. Also, let me say that I know you love Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's my guy. You know, That's he's your dude. That is my dude. He's Carson. always he's never let you down. Always on always on time. Uh, but also the defense for Indianapolis. The, Man, you, Solid. really a test Clark for around. man. Quitty Pay, DeForest Buckner, around. Yannick and Dockway, Darius Leonard. I mean, Yannick it, is in India. Yes, now? yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who's who's their defense coordinator up there now? Uh, give me a second. I'll let you know. I do not know because I mean, Gus Bradley. Gus. Oh, Brooke, Gus. Bradley. Yeah, Gus Bradley. That's right. Oh my God. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Chris apparently does not like that hire. Unfortunately. Good hire. Um, <laughs> Indianapolis. In my eyes, is going to be one of the league's best teams. Okay, just I think you think they take that jump. I think they take that jump. I think they weren't too far off last year. They just didn't. Obviously, they got help from your boy Wentz. Pennsylvania, uh, they, they need a bus driver. They need they a bus driver, one. and they, they got, got one. one. You know who they remind me a lot of? 
Tampa Bay two years ago. Mm. When they finally got a quarterback that could be exactly what they need. And I think Matt Ryan can be that in the system. I'm not saying Matty Ice is the end all the be all. He's not Tom them. Brady. He's not Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm not saying that either, but I'm saying he won't I could hear the comments. Yeah, he he come. It's okay. I'm just saying he won't he won't mess it up. Yeah. And he has a good enough position right now. He's in a good enough position with this team. Yeah. He's on a way better team now than he was last year. And the defense. Their defense He's, is silly. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. And I think I think Tennessee might take a step back from their dominance. They're still going to be great on the ground because they have yeah. Derrick Henry. But I don't know if they're necessarily going to be the same kind of no. top seed in the AFC that we saw a year ago. Indianapolis could certainly take that jump. And yeah. Houston, Jacksonville, those are both winnable. You should win on the road against Washington. But that Christmas Eve game against Philadelphia and always comes back to the stupid Boo Eagles. Yeah, there they are. But just it always waiting. it always just comes ready to down ruin to that. your Christmas. They're gonna ruin it. Do you think that you could look past Jacksonville like you did last year, like like you would have last year had you played them? Well, you're in the NFL. You can't necessarily look past you anybody. You know what I mean. You know. But what no, I mean. they went and added Christian Kirk. They added some talent on their defense. Trevor Lawrence now has somewhat of an offensive line. To you play just look past Detroit. Detroit. I'm not concerned about Detroit. Well, why are you concerned about Jacksonville then? Because Jacksonville's quarterback. That's it. And the weapons that they put around him. Doug Peterson's and the coach. Line that they're, they're putting in place and the defense that they're starting to put together again. So I don't think you could go into that thinking it's a loss. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah, no, you good can't coach. look past them. Good coach. Technically. Because if you lose that game, then all of a sudden you're they, well, really feeling. Their coach knows what the heck he's doing. Detroit's coach is trying to figure it out. Okay. Well, two things about two things about after the Giants game uh, on Thanksgiving, whereas we would go back back to back Thursday night games. Yeah, we don't mm-hmm. play a Thursday night game. We actually play the Texans on the 11th, which is a 10 day rest span, and it's been mm-hmm. a while since the Cowboys have had that. It's like a second bye for these guys. I got really didn't they have it last year? What, what ten do you... day. Yeah, well, no. they they no. had they had back to back Thursdays and then the ten day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but they don't have back to back Thursdays. Gotcha. So yeah, after yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah after the because that's when they should have rested Zeke, but they didn't. Correct. It right. was against the Saints. Yeah, it was. A, I just that's how I remember it. They did Kansas City <laughs> and then they played the Raiders. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Raiders Thanksgiving and then it yep. was the Saints after on Thursday yeah. and then Tony Pollard got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's the schedule up and down. Woo! Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs it's, thumbs up. It's going to be challenge, very challenging early. You're going to find out what you need to know about this team in the first six games. Agreed. No, I I, I agree with, uh, with what he says. I think that the team has the – that's why I said Dan Quinn and Dak are the two most important uh, when I saw this schedule because they both have an opportunity to make a statement, especially for Dak. Coming off of his second year removed from his injury, the, ca- the quarterback matchups that he has here, this whole – you know, Aaron Rodgers and Cousins back-to-back. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that uh, comparison. There's so many people have been comparing, comparing Dak and Cousins. for so, And it's silly. Uh, you know, Chuck just tweeted about this. It really is a silly argument. But you go yeah. from you go from Joe Burrow, uh, Tom Brady. I mean, just the, that's a matchup galore for Dak. And, and I think Daniel should, Jones in week three. Yeah, then Dane Jones. <laughs> yeah, and Carson Wentz right after that. Come on. Oh, and, and by the way, preseason games, just for everybody listening and keeping track, August 13th against Denver. That's an 8 p.m. kick. August uh, 19th through the – or no, it's the 20th. It's that Saturday at L.A. going to SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. That's a 9 p.m. kick. And then the 26th against Seattle – and taking on the Seahawks in the preseason. Isaiah perked up a little bit for that one. Is you going to be in the color booth for is that? that? Is that home? I don't know. 
It is a home uh, game. It is a home game. Yeah. That's the only Uh-oh. preseason home game. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to fight Michael Irvin for that one, buddy. That's oh, true. Yeah, that's Mike's, Mike's usually got that's that's Mike's game. game. Oh, Mike man. gets the last game always. All right. When we come back, we are done talking schedules. Time to talk about minicamp football. Back in the air here at the Star in Frisco. The rookies had hit the field this past weekend. We were all out there to see it. Yeah. Who stood out? Who did we like watching? When we come back with more talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Cowboys Nation, the ninth annual Reliant Home Run Derby is back at Riders Field in Frisco on June 7th, 6.30 p.m. Come see your favorite Cowboys player swing for the fences to try and raise money for the Salvation Army. Free admission for all, and we will see you there. For more information, you can go online. I'm only going to say this once. It's a long link, so get your pins out. Get them ready. Mm. DallasCowboys.com slash fans slash Reliant slash 2022 slash home dash run dash derby. You can replay that if you want. I tweeted it out. And Chris Bean tweeted it out at Beamer09 on Twitter. So can go you, find that. Can you say the last part again? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Tuesday, June 7th, the Reliant Home Run Derby. There's a good chance Boy, you'll see. One more time. You'll see all of us out there. quickly. I think, uh, I think I'll be out there for sure. Isaiah will probably make an appearance. Mm. Heck, I know will be there. Mm. I may be swinging a little bit. Who knows? Uh, blockchain.com, the second segment, brought to you by blockchain.com here hey, on Talking Cowboys. Hook your boys up, blockchain. Like, for real, for real. For real. <laughs> hey, everything's on discount right now. Blockchain, hook your boys up. Everything is not on discount. I don't know if yes, you've seen it, gas. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Everything is down. I got you. I know. What oh, you're I'm talking about like in general. Oh, I I'm thought talking you, about you're talking about crypto. Crypto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, down. yeah. That's Duh, we're I talking know about blockchain. Down. Oh, sorry. Blockchain. <laughs> um, <laughs> Goodness gracious! Clip you're so that, you're way too advanced for Clip me. That right there, Please, Chris. 
All right. Cowboys. Cowboys rookie minicamp hosted this past weekend here at the Star in Frisco. News and notes along the way is the Cowboys have signed six of their draft picks to their deals already, which is nice. Tyler Smith being one of them. And Cowboys have three more guys to go. Taking a look at some of the guys that they actually have signed. Uh, Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson. And then they have also signed all of their fourth-round picks. Matt Willetsko, De'Ron Bland, Damone Clark, and John Ridgeway have all been done. So, uh, or The guys that I read first are not signed yet. Williams, Tolbert, and Ferguson. Those are the only three that they have not signed out of their draft class. So most of those guys, good to go. But then we got a chance to see not only the draft class, but some of the undrafted free agents and some of the guys that are still classified as rookies that have been on the roster the last two years. Heckman, you made your chance, made your way out there on Saturday out in the heat. It was hot. It was. It was steamy. But what did you get out of that practice? Anybody stand out? You know what? And I think me and you, Isaiah, we're not going to do what we did last year. What was that? Because we completely jumped out of the cake last year. Did we now? Jumped out. They let us. Uh, no. Yes. Okay. Not, yes, you were. A little bit. Yeah, you, you know, were wrong. I, you know, we, e Honda, e Honda, Nation Wright. Yeah, Nation okay. Wright played one we went, snap. Okay. We went a little crazy. You know what I mean? There, there, we were excited. You know, it was a pre COVID. We were really right on somebody. Post COVID, we were getting out. Who were you right on? Who were you tell? Tell me. Who you were right on? So we were right on a few. We were right on a few. Right on a few. We missed on a few. We were right on. I don't think we missed. I think our excitement, we went too high on our excitement last year. Abilities. We spoke on their abilities. Okay. Okay? But we also doubled down and said, when the pads come on, we got to see it. So, no, but Izzy Mukwamu, so you t- about faced on Mukwamu and didn't tell me you was going up the <laughs> You spoke the I came out. No, no, no. I said that after the, after the first preseason game. I came out and told y'all that was, that was gonna, not going to work. Yeah, the physicality. The physicality was, was not. You said he backed off. Yeah, I said he, he backed said he off. I saw it. When the first couple of times, I said, no, this ain't, this ain't going to work. But I, I will say this. You know, with the, the rookie camp, what I did see was some really good signs from guys. The Walesco yep. is a huge person. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's a really, really big guy. If he can move, if he can, you know, good hand, all of those things with that you would need from your left tackle. If he can do any of those things, man, that swing tackle position, I think they want him to take if he can take it. Uh, Smith, I think he did he did a good job. That was Friday. You know, a lot of these guys were dealing with conditioning issues. I think go back to last year when we were talking about the bazooka with Micah coming out here, and he was was, he was winded. And and think about Friday and Saturday, one of the hottest days in May in Texas, and they're in between those buildings. It's hot, and they are driving it. So they pulled them back, and you got an opportunity to see Friday. I was there Friday, yeah, uh, on Saturday. But the other thing that I think Cowboy fans should feel good about is uh, our, our wide receiver. You know, Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert. Mm-hmm. I, I really was. I felt good about his ability. I felt. I thought he's a lot bigger than six one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Demone Clark from, yeah. from LSU. That is a huge kid as yeah, well. And yes. kid, he's a man, uh, and he carries himself like a man. But they have him listed as six two. If he's six two, I'm five nine. I know it because it's another big person that I think once you add him to uh, the roster, um, he, he may be someone that can play. Because we've been trying to ask the, answer those yeah. questions uh, about the linebacker room. But the other guy, um, the in, the wide receiver from Indianapolis, from so Indiana, Ty Freifogel. Freifogel. I ain't messing this name up. He is an undrafted free agent. And that's where 
I am looking at this roster and trying to say, like, who's going to be the next Cedric Wilson? Who's going to be the next Turner, Malik Turner? When are we going to have that replacement? Because that's, you know, seven, eight touchdowns that mm-hmm. you don't have. That's about 800 yards that you have to replace that I don't think you feel like you've replaced. Right. And, and that's from your one and two, from your three and four, five yep. receiver. Yep. Where do we get that production? And that's, where I, that's why I'm looking at this part of the roster and saying maybe we can get that from these guys. And since I was there with you on Saturday, I'll kind of book in this and then we'll get back to Friday. But I, I agree with you. I think the, the wide receiver room is where you're going to see a lot of confidence early on from these guys that are ready to come in and make this step into the NFL because they have some speed. Freifogel's one of them. Uh, Jakari Robinson from Wake Forest is yep. another one. That Both both of those guys in 2020 were top 10 receivers in collegiate football, but they just had their, their drops in 2021. They have some question marks around them, and they came in and they, they performed well, especially Freifogel, Jalen Tolbert. All of a sudden, uh, or not all of a sudden, but he was obviously Obviously, the number one guy that was in the room. My favorite part about going out there and seeing the battles was Tyler Smith at left tackle, left guard. They kind of put them both spots. He played a little bit in the in, in the interior, but he was on the edge and he was going up against Sam Williams, seeing Sam Williams get after it. Williams got him a couple times. Williams definitely did. That's but there were other times when Tyler Smith would wall up, and so seeing that competition early on between two of those rookies was really fun. Of course, they're not going full blast yet; they're not getting training camp beat down just to this point. It's a lot of install, a lot of classroom work, and in talking to Mike McCarthy, he has a lot of confidence in this class. Said everybody showed up at at seven twenty for a seven thirty meeting. He he actually stopped him. He was like, "I want you guys to take a picture of this, so that way." When we're in Oxnard in a couple of months, the entire rookie class is 10 minutes early to a meeting. I bet it's not going to be the same. So make sure and keep that going as well. So I, I like the, the classroom side of it. Apparently that's going really well. And that translated onto the field because comparatively, it looked like Saturday was a much cleaner practice than Friday was because there was some sloppiness that you got to watch. Yeah, there's some sloppiness, but that was to be expected. Obviously, guys are excited. There's first jitters. Run. There's first run. They're trying to impress. They're, it's, it's a lot. You're trying to get your feet underneath you and get adjusted to the speed. Uh, but, you know, there were some definitely some pros. I was looking primarily, um, obviously, offensive line, I don't really look too hard at that just because of the fact there's no pads. So O-line, D-line, I don't put too much judgment on that until them boys get them pads on. Yep. That's what really matters. But at the wide receiver position, I had my had my eyes peeled over there at Jalen Tolbert, and I like him. I like him. Uh, I like his work ethic. I like his demeanor, um, his willingness to, to be on special teams. That was something that we mentioned that wasn't necessarily present with the draft pick from last year. Um he was willing to, you could tell he was willing to go out there and give his 100% in special teams regardless if he was fielding punts or regardless if he was covering kicks it didn't matter like he was out there and he was giving 100% i like that um his his ability to run routes he's precise he is a seemingly he seems bigger than what he's listed at uh, for sure so maybe he put some weight on mm-hmm. um but you know I, I like him i like i think he's going to be a great addition to the receiver room uh, along with James Washington i know we keep kind of canceling him out but i'm not canceling him out i think he's going to be a very integral part i think he's going be this slot for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to be that possession guy. And Tolbert is a bigger guy that they're trying to make a possession guy as well because they mm-hmm. want him to be in that trifecta with CD and Gallup when he gets back on the field. Um, but he knows that he has some work to do. I was reading up some of the things that he mentioned following practice, I believe, on Saturday, that he knows that he has some work to do internally in terms of being an inside receiver guy. Um, the Jake Ferguson played a lot of attention on watching him. God, I know I spoke with Linda Wells, and he's he's very excited about his tight end room. He's very excited about his tight end room. My 
he look he looks more than willing to block. He looks like he's like he's one of those kind of you know just you know drive you off the ball type of guys. My only concern is his weight. Yeah, he's a little little light, a little light in the butt. That's my only that's my only concern. If you're drafting, and I don't, I mean, I believe I trust those scouts, I trust Wells, I trust all those guys. Obviously, that that are responsible for this. I would like to see him personally come in about 15 pounds heavier to camp because I think right now he they had him listed about 245, and he looks like he's about 245. Um, Maybe he, a little smaller than that. Yeah, he has a frame that can add it. Okay, that's one thing I can't mention. He has a frame that can put on some weight, and uh, and obviously the strength coach uh, is you know Harold Nash. He's awesome. He knows what the heck he's doing over there. So they have dietitians, all that jazz. They can yep. get him right for before camp, and he's going to need to probably come in twenty pounds heavier than what he is right now because you're going to lose, lose weight at camp. camp. Okay, so my only concern is that if you're being drafted as a blocking tight end. 245 pounds in this league is not a blocking tight end. No. Regardless of your willingness, regardless of your tenacity, 245 pounds is not moving 285, 295 pounds off the ball. It's just not. It's just. As much as the Cowboys need a blocking tight end, because Dalton Schultz isn't that, and Blake Jarwin, without him being in the fold, and even Blake Jarwin wasn't necessarily a purely blocking tight end, I don't know if Ferguson fits that role. I think he's more of an all-around guy. He can block. He's willing to block. Yes. But that wasn't his M.O. coming out of Wisconsin. His M.O. was as a receiver. But, hey, he's willing to block, and he played in a system where they used him to block every once in a while. But they need him to be a blocking tight they end. Need so if that's the case, then, yes. yeah, you you bulk him up. Right now, he doesn't fit into that mold. And yeah, that's probably why you're looking at him and you're saying he's light in the butt. And and that's what has got to make you nervous, Kyle, especially when you looked at the front of that, that schedule and said you're going to have to be able to run the ball. And yep. if you don't have a tight end that can help you capture those edges, then what the hell are you going to do? Are you expecting for Schultz to be that much better uh, this year at blocking? I, I don't know. Nope. You know, London Wells have to be round the clock. <laughs> on the teaching of that. But I want to go back to something that you said about this guy's demeanor, um, um, the, the wide receiver. Tolbert. Tolbert, yes, Jalen Tolbert. His demeanor and his just – that's one of the things that I, I, I talked to my son about this, man. You know, keep your head up, stay, keep po- positive mm-hmm. body language. English. And that's what Jalen Tolbert has. Yes. Uh, that that His willingness and also excitement to, to fit in that role because we need glue guys. Yep. And that's what – these guys that, that we lost were. They were those glue guys that, that were all special teams guys, but then <laughs> at the at the end of the day, if you need them to moonlight, they produced and they did yeah. great things. And that's where I believe that Tolbert is going to be. Watch for him in camp when he starts yeah. getting those extra yeah. reps on special teams. He's going to be a camp favorite. Yeah, I, I, watch, I can already tell. Watch when they start moving guys like, yeah. you know, like that around and he's getting those reps because then that'll tell you how they feel. Uh, about him once he gets with everyone else. I mean, and and so I, that's going in the camp. Those are the things that I'm looking at. But that's a great point that you made uh, about his his demeanor. But there's another guy, John Ridgeway, is going to be speaking of demeanor, is going to be a fan favorite. Mm. I'm t- man, this guy, he's a big hit. He's huge. Um, but I, I mean, got an opportunity to just see him and, and watch him interview in the locker room, and he's he's a fun guy, uh, very very personable, has a ton of character. I'm telling you, man, Cowboy Nation, y'all gonna love this kid. I just just what P said, you know, hey, do they make the team? Him and Bohanna, it's gonna be a battle going into camp between the big boys. I don't, and, I don't think it will be. And honestly, I'm going back on what I said last week because talking to McCarthy changed my mind in this regard. When originally I thought it was going to be Ridgeway v. Brohanna, 
I think they like having both of those guys on that defensive line. You remember how we talked about that yeah. last week? And yeah. Heckman got really excited, and it's like both Hogmiley's up front, mm-hmm. and you have the big, beefy dudes in the middle. Just running behind him. They yeah. like it. They I like, like it. I like that. And I also I like this Damone Clark. I know I talked a lot about N'Kobe Dean last week. Right? I know my disappointment in there not getting him. This you were DeMond, disappointed? I was disappointed. I was. I, y'all, know I st- hey, y'all know I stand behind. <laughs> hey, I was staying two feet down behind anything that I <laughs> say. I was disappointed. And I'm not, I'm not going to backpedal from that. However, this Damone Clark cat, it's a big boy. Yep. He looked like somebody off a Key and Peele skit. Yes. I mean, he's, and he's, he wasn't even playing. He was standing on the sideline. He's side standing there. But this dude got a frame on him now. He got a frame on. I can't wait to see him fly around. Obviously, he was he was on the sideline um, on Friday. But when I think when he gets to camp, I am excited to see what he could bring to this defense because I have a vision. I have a vision of what could have been, and I want to see if it still can be. McCoy right? Dean didn't even have a frame. He was five eleven. Yeah, I, I don't care. He was a lightning. He was a freaking lightning bomb. Don't make him do that. Don't make yeah. him do that. See, he but was getting off. He I was, was getting off of him. I was off of him. But but <laughs> Demarre Clark, he has the frame of a mic. Yeah. That's why they drafted him. <laughs> okay. However, there's still a dude by the name of mm, Vander Esch that they still have on his roster that they plan on playing a lot, I assume. So, I'm out of in- necessity, not necessarily out of want. Well, they signed yeah. him. You know? They ran it back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but he's there. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how he fits in or how Dan Quinn's going to incorporate this linebacker rotation. Because you want to think about it, okay, we roll two linebackers, you bring down Curse, okay, cool. Now you're looking at Michael Parsons, Van Der Esch as your quote-unquote starters, and then you got a Damone Clark and you have a Jabril Cox as your backup. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's ever going to be any three linebackers, ever going to be four linebackers, depending on the different sets. I'm interested to see how he contributes and what his style of play is in this particular defense. Have you watched his film yet? A little bit. A little no, bit. He's go dive. A little bit. Go deep I know, dive. I know, I know he rolls around. He's... He's fun to watch on film. I mean, he's when more, he's healthy, he's yeah, going to be fun. He's more than just an inside linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has range. He can cover. Yeah. Uh, he does some really good things. And, and he was a steal at five. His story about the Dallas Cowboys being the team that identified the, his injury, yeah. mm-hmm. I thought was very important yeah, as well. I was just reading up on that. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the kid has an amazing story. And a lot of these guys, the way that they get into the NFL, if you just backtrack and, and listen to their stories, uh, it's amazing. But he is one of those – Players that I'm with, I'm with you on that. Yeah. There's a you see him, and there's something about the way that he carries himself as yeah. a person, and the tape goes with it as well. Yeah. That tells you this kid's going to be a pro. Nick Eatman, I was talking to Nick about uh, Clark before uh, practice, and he said, "Watch, watch this kid. Watch the way that he's reacting, taking mental reps yeah, the whole yep, time through practice." And that's a big thing. I mean, coaches that you talk about body demeanor. Here's a guy that's not going to be able to participate, but at the same time, he's still taking those mental reps. That's a big thing, man. In the yep. few times that I've I've interacted with Clark because we we interviewed him on the the draft coverage when he came on the show. We heard his secret audio. We've interviewed him a couple times since he's been in the building. That dude is all about ball. That's that's what you got. He is a he looks baller. Like, like that's that's what he wants to be. So yeah, I, I'm excited about him in the future. It's a bummer that we don't get to see him for the next six months, and and probably won't at at any point this season if we're if we're being really if we're being realistic about it. However, for the future, I think it's something that you could really look forward to him being a part of that defense. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. We'll end out with some phone calls. Talking to Cowboys Nation, 888-855-2297. Give us a ring, 888-855-2297. We'll be right back with more Talking Cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. 
you deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more Essilor on Talkin' Cowboys. Glad you're with us. Final segment. we got about 10 minutes left here in this TCT, Talking Cowboys Tuesday. Ooh, we need T-shirts. Isaiah Stanback. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Honestly, I'll get on sponsorship for that. Uh, he's Heck already Harrison, got him somewhere. He's Kyle like, Yeomans. Yeah, he's got him packed in the bag. <laughs> hey, guys, look. Hey, look. Go to <laughs> www. <laughs> as, he, as he hands me a medium. Thank you, Isaiah. He did that to me, too. Yes. Yeah, 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 Marina got, got a nice new shirt. Uh, you guys, man. Y'all been um, here? Come on, dude. All right, let's take some calls from Talking Cowboys Nation. Uh, 888-855-2297. Give us a call. We've got another line open. But first, it's been a little bit. We've got our our friend Nebby back on the line. Nebby, good to hear from you again. What's your question for Talking Cowboys? Uh, uh, my question simply is this. A- am I... Am I crazy... Am I crazy? For, am I crazy for believing that J- Jalen uh, 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 Tolbert uh, 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 can replace Amari Cooper's production this upcoming season? Uh, 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 t- uh, uh, take care. 
Thanks for being patient with me, and have a great week. Bye. My man, Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. Debbie Appreciate in the you. building. Great question. And no, I don't think you're crazy by any means, no. but it would be tough. It really would. And the the reason why, and I'll, I'll let this kind of go to you guys, he's not the route runner Amari Cooper was. He's a separator, don't get me wrong, and he did so in college. But he's it's going to be an adjustment process going from the Sun Belt to the NFL. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> pure, plain and simple. He's a good receiver. <laughs> he will have his production. I think you could expect him to have a good impact role in this offense. But a, a, a replacing the production of Amari Cooper would be pretty tough. Pretty tough. Ditto. Everything that, everything that Kyle just said. The reason is simply being Amari Cooper is a dog. Uh, Amari Cooper is a respected receiver in his league that that fears absolutely nobody. Um, there's not a route that he can't run. There's not a defense that he hasn't seen. So he's more um, prepared to handle this NFL, obviously, week in and week out. Tolbert may get there at some point in time in his career, but uh, having that expectation of him to come into the league with that same production is, is, a, is a lot. It's putting a lot on top of him. Um, but I do, like Kyle said, I do believe that he will come in and contribute to this team and help them win some ballgames. Yeah, it's all going. It's going to be a, about opportunity for Tober if he's put in the position to be a productive wide receiver. Everyone knows that it. The pressure right now is firmly placed on CD to to take the place of Amari Cooper's production. But if if CD Lamb can exceed expectations, then that's going to open up the rest of the offense, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where Jalen Tolbert is going to be able to have that those production numbers. Let's think about it. I mean, last year it wasn't as though Amari Cooper was a thousand yard receiver. So we have to come back to, you know, what are we replacing here? I know we're looking at his, like, this is 1,500 yards we're replacing. Look, CeeDee Lamb has an opportunity in front of him. I believe that CeeDee Lamb can live up to the pressure that's being placed on him. Everybody else is really going to have to finally def- – going to have to define their roles in this offense, and Jalen Tolbert is going to be one of those guys. That's the biggest thing is it starts at the top. You, everyone's defining ro- their roles, even to a certain extent. Michael Gallup's going to have a new role. Yeah, he's been the number two here before, but he's going to have to be a 1B, not necessarily a number two. You don't want him to be completely leapfrogged by CeeDee Lamb. You want that production to be there from CeeDee Lamb. He's the one that that completely goes with the the flow of of being that top wide receiver. Mike Gallup needs to take a step, too, when he comes back and he's healthy because it starts at the top and it's a domino effect all the way down. I completely agree. I, I, I believe that CeeDee has to be your number one receiver. There's no one, yeah. there's no one B. He is the number one guy. Michael Gallup has to be comfortable Can at being. Can he be the number one? No, all that's, the way that, through. That is the, that is the question. Mm-hmm. A, and the answer can only be answered by CeeDee Lamb. And this season, they've given him all of the runway to be able to do that. You go come off of his season last year, 1,100 yards, I believe, uh, receiving. Coming into this season, what would be the number that would put him in that group of the elite. If he gets 1,400, 1,500 yards, he's going to have the opportunity to be that receiver for the Cowboys. What would Come be... on, Bite, Isaiah. What would... <laughs> Come on, Bite. I'll, I'll ask you this question and kind of supplement that, but what would be your confidence level in a percentage, one to, or 0 to 100, that he could do that? 1,400 yards. Let's say 1,400, because that would be an elite season if he's there. 1,400 yards, close to 10 touchdowns. That's an elite season, something that Amari Cooper never really did on a consistent basis. Can What would your prediction, or not prediction, but confidence level percentage-wise be for C.D. Lamb to that do that? That he can do that? Yeah. I think if you force-feed him, I mean, you obviously can get most I'm not talking about force-feeding. I'm talking about being the number one. Not force fed. Offense it. is smooth. I don't currently see it. So what's your percentage? 
70? That's pretty high to That's me, honestly. That's flunking in grad school. Uh, I don't know about that. If a, C's, a C's flunking in grad school. Right. So. 935 is first season, 1100 last year. Making the next step, if we're just looking at the trajectory of his career, yeah. 1300 should be that next level, especially when you have no one else that you would say you're competing with balls with. He doesn't yeah. have Amari Cooper there. All right. Nigel from Arizona is on the line. We're back to talking Cowboys Nation. Nigel, how's it going? Great, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Probably a little redundant question, but you guys brought it up, and it kind of sparked a little something in my my old man brain, and that's uh, (laughs) putting the big boys in the middle there and letting our guys on the end feast. We all know. I believe the first two games of the season is going to kind of dictate what uh, offenses are going to do to us defensively, and um, and that's the run. You know, yeah. we all, all of us know uh, that's been an issue for the last I don't know eight years. So I kind of you know when you were talking if Ridgeway, you know I'm sure he's going to make the team. Him and Bohanna uh, and a couple of the other big guys just feasting in the. Uh, the two center spots on defense and uh, hopefully giving our defensive ends a chance to feast as well. So thanks for taking that. And I appreciate it. Thanks, Nigel. Appreciate you, man. And and I agree. There's a chance you see both of those guys on the field at the same time, but the thought process is nose tackle three technique. You need both of those positions to step up. Yeah. You need them both to step up, but you also need them to just be productive. It's one thing to be big. It's another thing to be productive and big. There's a lot of big guys in this league that get moved off the ball. We had that a couple years ago. Oh yeah. Um, So you can't, I mean, obviously these guys have nice stats around them. We've seen what, what big bowl has done. We're still expecting more of him as he continues to develop. Um, now you bring Big Ridge in here, and he's going to have to have a big impact as well. I think Urban came in prior to Urban getting hurt. He did an okay job, but he I don't think that he had the impact that we were hoping for either. And he was a lot larger than this young gentleman. So size is one thing. Production is another. You're hoping that you get both. And we're not mentioning Neville Gallimore a whole lot in this equation at all. And that's a guy that that also Digizua and also Carlos Watkins. You know, adding those big bodies is one thing, but we have Neville Gallimore, who is a big dude, that obviously if he hadn't injured his elbow, the defense, I think, would have been on a different level as well. He was Uh, on a projection. Right. And so him coming back, and you saw immediately the defensive line improve. Uh, He didn't get a lot of opportunity with Urban. But I think with the combination of all of those guys, the defensive line should be – uh, better. I just think that this year, Dan Quinn is going to have the opportunity to move pieces around. Now having it, maybe Dante uh, Fowler works in that equation, but I think moving Micah around has got to be on the front of his mind. Question for you. Mailbag question, I guess. Who has the deeper bag this year with the personality that they have at their, at their disposal? Dan Quinn. Easy. Off top. Over, the, over Kellen Moore is what I'm assuming you were going to ask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, top. Dan Quinn by far. Got way more weapons. Yeah. Now, Kellen still has weapons, but he's limited to a certain extent. Dan Quinn's not limited. He's got guys. Uh, real quick, let's go to Brett in Austin, our final call of the day. Brett, how's it going? You're on Talking Cowboys. Hey, uh, glad to be on it. Uh, appreciate it. I've been a listener for quite some time and uh, been following the Cowboys since 1964. All so. right. A couple years. Um there are two things uh, that I really saw from this draft that really made a huge impression on me. 
the first four picks absolutely were steals. Mm-hmm. Sam Williams is going to be everything that we thought uh, Gregory could have been, mm-hmm. but wasn't because of all the off-field stuff. But he is so fast, so bendy, and so big that it, it, he's going to be great. And y'all have already talked about uh, uh, Tolbert, the uh, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I, I really think that uh, getting uh, Smith in the first is was tremendous because he is projected to be the left tackle of the future. Mm-hmm. And moving him into guard is going to help him. And he's everything that Williams wasn't. Connor Williams was not, never did live up to, you know, that that movement. And so I think that they really just, especially on the first four picks, really hit home runs. But throughout the uh, draft, one thing that I kept hearing over and over again, and y'all written about it, Mm-hmm. is the temperament, the nastiness, yeah. the absolute just pure ballers that we got. I think I I gave it an A. I gave it a yeah. straight A. Thanks for thanks for the call, Brad, and and I completely agree with you to a certain extent because they filled their needs. They did. And I love your 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 passion and I love your your uh High outlook on things. Your positivity is the word I was looking for. I like his radio voice. He's got a great voice, too, no doubt. Uh, what do you guys think about what he said there to, to cap things off? I think they they got guys that fit the characteristics of this team and uh, of this organization, the, dire- the direction that they're trying to go. Um, offensively, they got a nasty. All right? At the receiver position, they got somebody who's willing. Yeah. Um, they, um, you know, at the at the linebacker and defensive end positions, they got somebody, they got two people who are, who are tenacious and fly around and are going to have an impact. So they got character guys that are, you know, we're, we're talking about their their demeanors. We're talking about how they're taking mental reps. We're talking about all the things that you're asking for of a rookie to come in and do. Yeah. They're doing those things. You're not having to train these guys to be better people, to be better students of the game. They're already coming in with that mindset. And they come in with that mindset. They come in humble. They come in willing. You can work with everything else. No, and I agree with everything you just said. And I think that, you know, the Sam Williams and what he said about Sam's, I think, Sam, that's accurate. The one thing that I always wonder with Sam, it, would he – would we have drafted him if we signed Randy, especially with everything that we already have? People forget about Chauncey Goldston yep. uh, and guys like that that already have a year under their uh, under their belt. I think it's going to be uh, – Sam is going to have to battle on this onto this depth chart to get playing, even as a second-round draft pick. Um, you know, and, and I think that he is probably one of very few people out there in Cowboy Nation that really feels the way that he did about the guys that we got in the draft because it's the great unknown, and it's not until we get these guys on the field that we – even know how Smith is going to translate at the left guard position because he hasn't played it since high school. And so there's a lot of question marks uh, surrounding this draft class and obviously we're going to get the answers here in the next couple of months. Completely agree. The question marks around Tyler Smith at first we thought it might have been a reach but the more you heard about from the league they got him at the right value. They got him at 2024. That was exactly where they needed to get him because if not he would not have lasted 
two picks after that because the value was there for Tyler Smith. Great value with Sam Williams. I think he's got a chance to make the roster, make an impact early. He's got all the traits. You just got to put them all together. Same thing with Jalen Tolbert. And then I even like the value on the back end. I'll skip over Jake Ferguson because I think that was pretty solid in the fourth. But I would say the fifth-round value that you got on Ridgeway and Clark, I think that's phenomenal. So I like the draft class as a whole. I really do. I don't know if I would give it an A. But a B is certainly fitting there overall, and I think the Cowboys will. When we put them on the put them on the field, we'll definitely see exactly what they uh, what they have from their rookie class. Before we leave, by the way, Jack Crawford, former Dallas Cowboy, re- announced his retirement. So congratulations, Jack! Ten seasons in the NFL. Good. Jack dude. was from the UK, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I believe he so. Was. Yeah. yeah, Jack. Yep, Jack is uh, done with the Super NFL. Super good dude. Yeah. Uh, one of one of Chris Beam's favorites. So that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys. We will see you again in a week. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!